Welcome to the Life Post Podcast, where we endeavor to cast light from God's word on the issues that impact our lives. I'm Pastor Jim Lowe, and I'm going to continue the, 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 the podcast or the teaching from last time where we talked about the bystander effect. And if you haven't listened to part one, go and listen to part one and then come back to part two. Because we're, we're going over all of that and then something else. All right. And we're adding new stuff to it. So, again, go back and listen to the bystander effect part one if you have not heard it already. But for everybody else, let's go. As a reminder, the bystander effect, the definition that we gave for it was a social psychological phenomenon that re- refers to cases in which individuals do not offer any means of help to a victim when other people are present. The probability of help is inversely related to the number of bystanders and the more bystanders, the less likely anyone will help. And I told you a personal story of what happened in terms of how I learned about this, how I had a professor who just decided to pass out in class. And and, and I do mean that and he did this intentionally. He did this to show us what the bystander effect was. He could tell us, but he chose to show us and he passed out in the class and he sat there because the class, 200 of us didn't move. His explanation perhaps was, was that if there were five of us in the class, we would have checked on them. But because there were 200, nobody checked on them for about maybe five minutes or so. And as we begin to talk about it, he mentioned that the, the, the purposes or the reasons why people psychologically don't respond are things that we unconsciously think about. One of them is, is that we're probably assessing the severity of the situation. We're wondering if it's serious or not. If this is serious enough for us to do something, oh, he's going to get up. This is not that big of a deal. The second one is a responsibility shift. He might not get up and somebody needs to check on him, but somebody else needs to do it. I'm not that person. I don't trust myself enough to be able to go over there and do it. Somebody else do it. You know, I I told you my excuse was, was I was in the middle of the class. I would have to get up and walk around everybody else while there were plenty of people on the first couple of rows who could check on them. And then the third reason being fear. Fear of being the leader. You know, we have no problem standing back talking about the leader, but stepping up to be the leader, that requires a boldness that not everybody has. A lot of people are afraid of that position of being the leader. And it could also be fear of finding out something more serious is going on. But we talked on the last podcast about how God called us to be unique. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. We're different than everybody else. The bystander effect tends to say, "Okay, well, whatever the majority of people do is what we're going to do as well. But the Bible says, no, you are actually not supposed to do what the majority of people do because you are unique. God said we were chosen. We were royal, a holy nation, God's special possession. This is who God calls called us to be. This is what he said for us. This was the will of God for our lives to be this special thing. And not like everybody else. And we discussed in the last podcast about how it's the will of God for us to serve other people, for us to be a servant to others. To to kill our fear with humility, to know that other people are in need of service, to be a servant, to help others, to do things for other people. But it's our will to want to be served and for us to lower ourselves, to 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 humble ourselves, to go and serve somebody else, how difficult that is to do. We talked about how society likes blending in. We don't like the outliers. We like everybody to stay in step. We like uniform, perfect uniform. Nobody looks different. Nobody thinks different. Nobody acts different. We all do things together. If we're going to run, we all run together. 
If we're going to stay put, we all stay put together. But we tend to look at those funny who do something different. Those who step out to be the leaders. We don't think like that. We don't do that. That's not that's not how society wants us to be. It likes us to be uniform. And we talked about how that just belongs to the world. It belongs to the enemy anyway. It belongs to it. And the way it works is, is that if you look like the world, the world will accept you. If you are doing everything the way that the world does, the world will say, you are with me. You are part of me. We're not going to stand up against you because we're all in this together. If you act the way that they want you to act, if you look the way that they want you to look, if you think the way that they want you to think, they will accept you. But John chapter 15 says, if you belong to the world, it will love you as its own, as it is. You do not belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. The question is, does the world hate you all? As you're listening to this, you know, are, are, are you are you the outlier or are you the person who blends in? And what's even crazier is, is that the way that the world moves, you know, the world moves in its own way. Sometimes the world will be standing for this issue or standing for this thing. And the next thing you know, it'll be standing for something else. And you got to move along with it or it's going to hate you as well. But what we know is, is that God's will is or, or his way is consistent. It doesn't change. And we also know that God's will, God's way is different than the world's will and the world's way. The way that we think God's different than all of that. We said last time, James four and four, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Now, I asked the question, I said, do we serve the will of God or do we serve the will of man? Do we go by what we think or do we go by what God says? Do we operate opposite from God or are we choosing God's way? Do we do what we want? Do we do what God wants? The same way in the bystander effect, somebody needing help. There's a world out there of people who need help. Do we encourage them? Do we serve them? Do we help them? Do we tell them about Christ or do we not say anything? Because the situation is not serious. Because we're afraid of, you know, something, being the leader, stepping out, saying something that somebody might not like. What's the reason? Or do we put the responsibility on somebody else to do it? Oh, that's the role of the pastor. That's the role of the bishop. That's the role of the minister to say those things, not for me to say them. No, that's the bystander effect. You were called to be different. That's what God said. So the question comes, which master are we serving? And if we choose to serve God, then we have to be bold. Be bold and courageous. John one and nine, Joshua, I'm sorry, Joshua one and nine says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord. Your God will be with you wherever you. You go. We don't allow the world to tell us how we're supposed to act. We don't tell we don't allow the world to tell us how we're supposed to think. Because there are people out there who need help. And we can't shift the responsibility of helping those people to tell those people about Christ, to serve those other people, to give them, even if it's something physical or tangible, because somebody else is not going to like it. Now, continuing on, just want to remind you. That God's will, God's way, the way that God wants us to do things. That's the way that we're supposed to be. And I can tell you that if you are in God's will, 
you are never alone. There's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 43, verse two. And I like to read this one because it's just a reminder of God's love for us. Isaiah 43 and two says this, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. When you pass through the waters, when you walk across something that may be ankle deep, something that provides resistance, though, because water is not the same thing as ground. It's not solid ground. You're in the water. It's hard to move through that. When you encounter resistance, I will be with you. This is what God is saying. And when you pass through the rivers, the rivers, when you pass through the rivers, meaning that even when more resistance, when you go up against things that you wouldn't normally be able to go go up against. They will not sweep over you. It's not often you're just going to pass through a river. You're just going to get up and cross it. And when you walk through the fire, if you can walk through all of the water and all of the rivers, but even when you go through the fire, the one thing that we know burns everything up. When you go through the fire, you will not be burned. Well, wait a minute. Okay, well, you know, you go through the fire. I mean, okay, well, we won't, you know. We won't be completely destroyed. You're saying we won't be burned. Isn't that what fire does? God is saying because he is with us. When you walk through even the worst of the worst, if you are in the will of God, because he is with you, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. It's important to not look like the rest of the world, y'all. It's important to be in the will of God, not in the will of man. It's important to not allow the bystander effect to keep us from doing the things that we know we should be doing. It's important to not allow the bystander effect to keep us looking like the world when we were never part of the world in the first place. Scripture says you're in the world, but you're not of it. We're going to be in the will of God, not in the will of man. What can the world do to us? Y'all, Psalm 23, I did a podcast on this one as well, too. 23, verse four, Psalm 23 and four says is even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. When you have the God of all creation with you, what can anybody else do to you? Fear is not a, it's not something that we need to entertain. Nothing we need to entertain. The bystander effect should no longer apply to us. It's not a psychological thing anymore because now we know what it is and we know what to do about it. Everybody operates the same because they don't know what it is. But when you realize what this particular thing is that's happening, you begin to learn how you can control it. To stop allowing your thoughts or what somebody else has to say to control you. But you start believing what God said about you. And you start operating in that fact and in that faith. Yeah, there are benefits to following the will of God, to doing what God said. There's benefits to it. One of them, like I said already, was because of the fact that you are in God's will. You are never alone. But here's another one. Being in the will of God grants protection. Yeah, Daniel was a servant of God and he was in God's will. And no matter what anybody else tried to do against him, because if you remember, Daniel was somebody who didn't go with the grain. If you know about the the story of Daniel, 
These folks didn't even want Daniel praying to his God. He would go up in, in, into the top of his his house and he would pray to God all these times a day. And, and they wrote a rule for throughout the kingdom that said that, man, you can't pray to anybody unless you're going to pray to the king. Daniel said, I can't do that, regardless to what the rest of the kingdom does. I got to pray to my God. The bystander effect, the fear of being the odd one out did not affect Daniel. And he did just as boldly as he did before. He prayed just like he was supposed to. Gave God his all. And so we know what happened. They did all of that as a trap to set Daniel up because they wanted to throw him into the lion's den. And they did. They threw him into the lion's den. They took him out there. And, and you know, this is something actually that that is a very good lesson in this as well, too. God could have stopped everything from the very beginning, but he chose to allow Daniel to go into the lion's den. He protected him. As you know, he stayed in there with him all night. Daniel wasn't to be afraid. Yeah, these lions would tear anything up that went in there, but not Daniel, because God closed their mouths and wouldn't allow them to eat him. But it seems like God did that because the very next morning when everybody knew that Daniel was torn to shreds by these lions, they open it up and they see the power of God has kept this man. And how do we know that God kept them? Because when the king ordered those who set Daniel up to be thrown into the lion's den, they said the lions, they, they tore them up before they even hit the ground. The lions were hungry, y'all. And it's almost like they're like, well, you know, we we got Daniel down here. We can't eat him. We're going to have to go hungry tonight. But then when those others came in who did not have God's protection. Oh, they tore them up. So you have the protection of God when you are in his will. Doesn't make a difference of how big your problem is. And even if sometimes you have to go through something, God said that he'll be there with you. If you go through your own lion's den, let me tell you about somebody else who had their own lion's den to go through. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all they had to do was bow down to a, to another king when, when the king chose to. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. If we're going to bow down to anybody, we're going to bow down to God, but it's not going to be you. And he said, oh, you're not going to bow down to me? Well, I'm going to throw you into a furnace. I'm going to kill you in front of everybody to show as an example what happens when you don't listen to me. And they say, look, you do whatever you got to do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, it doesn't matter what you do to us. Because our God can save us. And even if he does not, we're still not going to bow down to you. Ooh, that made Nebuchadnezzar furious. So he, he, he got that furnace and he burned, you know, he, he heated it up seven times more than normal. And he told those people to throw him in there to a point to where they were even carrying them up there. The folks who were carrying him up there, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the folks who were carrying them up there to throw him in there died because the fire was so hot. Now, of course, listening to it, you know, everybody will want, um, you know, God to just come through and do something miraculous to where Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego never had to go into the furnace. But no, even in the furnace where they were thrown into, it says Nebuchadnezzar looked up and he said, wait a minute, didn't we throw three people into the into the furnace? And they said, yeah, we did. He said, I see four people in there walking around unbound, unharmed. And one of them looks like the son of God himself. This king saw this. 
God allowed these three boys to be thrown into their trial, into their problem. But because of the fact that they were willing to stand up and be in the will of God, God was there with them. And when they stepped out, because Nebuchadnezzar, they were hanging out in there. They were hanging out in the furnace. Can you imagine the disrespect? When you have a furnace and you tell people, I'm going to kill you if you don't bow down to me. And these three boys say, well, we're not going to bow down to you. So you tie them up. You order the furnace to be, you know, seven times harder, harder than what it was already. And you throw these folk in there. Now they walking around. Just hanging out in this thing that was supposed to be a death trap with, for them. And they got a fourth person who was the son of God walking around with them. Nebuchadnezzar, he said, look, y'all come out of there. And they step out. And the only thing that burned on them was the, the thing that was holding them together. That was tying them up. The ropes that bound them. That burned up. The thing that was keeping them bound burned up, but they were not touched. Being in the will of God grants protection. You know, the bystander effect is is a description of, of, of the way that we think and the way that we handle certain things. The way that our fears expose themselves or the way that we think and in, in, in our judgment capabilities, they show themselves. But the truth of the matter is, is that what God wants, God's will is the thing that should prevail because it's only so much that we know. The scripture here in Psalm chapter 34, verse eight, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Refuge in God, not refuge in himself. Taste and see that the Lord is good. What he wants his love, his mercy, it endures forever. God's will, God's way. He knows the things that we don't know. So why are we only trusting ourselves? So it's time to stop being bystanders to the will of the Lord. It's time to stop allowing our own judgment to get in the way. It's time to stop watching others. Responsibility shifting, right? Like, you know, looking at somebody else and say, oh, let that person do it. No, God called you. God told you to do this particular thing. Why are you not doing it? It's time to stop watching others do what God has called you to do. Don't assume the need is not serious. People need to hear about the Lord. Let's stop assuming somebody else needs to do it. Let's stop worrying about what somebody else has to say. Well, you know, I don't know as much as this person or I don't know as much as this. If you could tell somebody that God loves them, that's enough. God wouldn't put you in a position to make a fool out of yourself. It's for his glory, not for you. Don't be afraid to share your faith. Why? Because the world needs it. We were called to be a light to a dark world. And if that's what God called us to do, it's our job. It's our responsibility to be in his will. Not in our own will. So this is what the bystander effect is. Not moving because others are not moving. Not helping because others are not helping. We want to stay in the back and do what everybody else does. But God called us to be something different. And it's time for us to be something different. So we want to thank you for joining us on another episode of the Light Post Podcast, a ministry of the Guiding Light Church. For other messages and resources, connect with us online at guidinglight.org, Guiding Light Church on Facebook, or Guiding Light Church TV on YouTube. I want to thank you 
for your time. I want to thank you for hanging out with me. Again, I'm Pastor Jim Lowe and just pray that this podcast was a blessing to you. But until next time, you take care and God bless.